Thank you for joining us today. Whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on-site with us weekly or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Wow, this is nice and loud in here. I hope you can hear me right at the back there. Well, good morning. Welcome to the presence of the living God. He's always here with us, isn't he? Isn't this true? Wow, okay. Is this true? (laughs) I want to talk this morning um, about eternal life and uh, what that means, that eternal perspective that we have on life or eternity with God. It's something Jesus talked about very, very often. It's mentioned, I think, over 70 times in the New Testament. Um, Jesus talks about eternal life and the way to eternal life, or the way to life, is only through him. And he also talks about how the, 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 the gate is narrow and few find it. But actually choosing and believing in Jesus is the easy part. Then comes the hard part is us following Jesus. And I think that's what Jesus called his disciples to do, was more of the following me, and uh, which is a natural conclusion of believing in him, if that makes sense. I'm sure it does. Becoming a Christian can be easy, but choosing that way of life can be challenging, and it certainly is challenging. I mean, how many have a really easy life that nothing ever goes wrong, um, that all is coming up roses um, not, not, not many of you, I'm sure. But when Jesus talks about life and life eternal, he talks about as that begins now. Eternal life with Jesus starts the minute that we ask Jesus into our lives, and the way that we see life changes. And the life we have on earth is an eternal life, and it continues with him into eternity. If we choose a life on earth without Jesus, then we continue to live without him in eternity. But the assurance of our salvation, eternal life in the here and now, is something that we would put onto our chalkboard. It's something that the life that we have in Christ, that eternal life, goes right up there on our chalkboard. And it's that eternal, another way of translating that word eternal life, is life into the age into this age and into the age that comes. And it's, the, it's a difference in the way that we see life. It's the difference in the way we have a perspective. The old saying is, if you're heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. But actually, that is just completely the wrong way around because once we have a heavenly perspective or eternal perspective, it transforms the way we do life. It changes transforms the way we see life. The Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says it like this. This is how we have an eternal view on life. He says, we do not give up. I love that. When you have an eternal perspective, there is no giving up. There's no cashing in your chips. There's no turning back. And even though, he says, our physical body is becoming older and weaker, don't want to see your hand, but, you know, I know that could be some of us. 
but our spirit inside is being made new every day. I love that. Do you want that, that newness every day? And this is Paul speaking. We have had small troubles for a while now, but they are helping us gain an eternal glory that is so much greater than the troubles. We set our eyes on what we see, not on what we see, but on what we cannot see. What we see only lasts for a short time, but what we cannot see lasts forever. This is what it means to live a life of faith, living in such a way that we are eternally minded and being all the earthly good. But the path is not easy. Look at those early disciples. He says we have troubles. I think that's uh, small troubles. I think that's an understatement. But we're called to live this life of the supernatural. We're called to live with a way that we are filled with God's love and filled with God's grace and filled with a way of seeing things from God's perspective. If you like, it's those first humans eating from the tree of life. That was the choice they were given. And they, they had that heaven on earth, that Eden, didn't they? But that's our prayer, isn't it? That we have that share in that heavenly life. And also we bring that heavenly life into our daily walk, our daily perspective. But our vision becomes then that it's more than just about the here and now. But we have a vision of eternal life and our aims and our perce perception is that we want to bring others into that relationship with God and they too can have an eternal perspective. And it comes from knowing him who holds the keys to eternity. He that holds the keys to eternity believes in us, loves in us, and longs to bring us into his presence. And when I say it's a different way of looking at things, the Apostle Paul in, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, he says this, he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And I know that scripture is used for many different purposes, but it's talking about the assurances of our salvation. It speaks of a way that we can perceive things that, with the eyes of faith that is different to the eyes of our natural understanding. Let's read the whole bit from 2 Corinthians 5. It says, We know that our body, it's a tent that we live here on earth, will be destroyed. But when that happens, God will have a house for us not a house by made by human hands. Instead, it will be a home in heaven that will last forever. But now, he says, we groan in this tent. We want God to give us our heavenly home. When we live in this body, we have burdens. We groan, but we do not want to be naked, but we want to be clothed with our heavenly home. Then when this body dies, we will be fully covered with life. This is what God made us for. He has given us the Spirit as a guarantee for this new life, so we always have courage. We know we live in this body. We are away from the Lord. We live by what we believe and not what we can see. So I say that we have courage. He says it twice there. We want to be away from this body, and we want to be home with the Lord. Paul goes on to speak about how he longs to be with the Lord because he knows that eternal Glory is better than the life he's living now. But he says, I want to continue because I know I need to help you. And I need to bring others with, uh, with us into this heavenly life. 
But it begins with that security and the knowledge that we have eternity with Christ give us, gives us the strength we need to face the challenges. And it also changes our outlook. If we had the contrary view that if all there is to life is this life, if the body is all that, that there is, then the life on earth that we live and the perspective we have changes. This life, if this life ends and there's nothing beyond, that will change our viewpoint. It's like those first humans, they're given the choice. It's life eternal or it's doing things your own way. And that's eating from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. It, it means that they, even though their eyes were opened, it blinded them to see God's way of doing things. And meant they couldn't see the eternal life that God offers for them. It was, um, instead of God's wisdom, it was operating out of our own wisdom. And say, while their eyes were opened, they were dim to eternal perspective, if that makes sense. See, if we know that life ends and there's nothing beyond, then there's no... There's no need for responsibility. There's no consequences to our actions. You know, Scripture says we may as well eat and drink for, and be merry for tomorrow we die, if that's all there is. But if, however, we believe there's eternal life, there's eternity with God, then we have a different perspective, a different way of seeing things. But the Bible says he placed eternity in our hearts, and he's given us the purpose of time here on earth to do what God's called us to do. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11 to 13, it says this, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has placed eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work of God and what he does from beginning to end. I know there is nothing better for them to rejoice, to do good in their lives, so that everyone should eat and drink of their and, and enjoy their good labor, for that is a gift of God. The soul of every human being knows there's more to us than our flesh and blood. That there is a spiritual dimension to us, an eternal soul, if you like, created to be in fellowship with God for eternity. We know this because death seems so unnatural. And we fight it every moment of every day. We're holding back that day and by all our modern technology. But death is all around us. Oh, this is a happy message this morning, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't, doesn't take long to open a newspaper. I don't know if people do that anymore. Um, open your tablet. Have a look what's going on in the world. Read the news. Go to the hospital. You know, visiting the hospital um, recently and seeing it's just full of people sick and dying. And it's all, all around us. And we try and close ourselves off from that and think that will never happen to us. But we're constantly reminded of it, yet it seems so unnatural to us because as human beings, we have this sense within us that life is meant to live. We are meant to live forever. Life is meant to go on, and death then just seems unnatural to it. See, the tree of life placed in the, in the Garden of Eden was meant to give them so they could eat of the very life of God, that they could have eternal communication with God, eternal fellowship. But they chose their own path, choosing death, if you like, choosing the way of death instead of the way of life. Because God told them, if you eat of that fruit, 
the day you eat of it, you will truly die. But man was given this choice to eat of the tree of life and live forever. He created them in his likeness. He blessed them to partner with his wisdom. But they lost sight of that. That's the important thing. It's the, their perspective changed that day. Instead of thinking that it would open their eyes and make them wise, they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and bad. And it's as if they turned out the lights that day, pulling creation into back into the chaos with which God created um, order from. Their eyes were open, but their perspectives were dim. They weren't wise. They were afraid. They were ashamed, scrambling to protect themselves and hide and start to blame one another. They exit from the garden and the tree of life is now far away and they enter into the, if you like, the dark ages or the darkness of death. But when we choose the way of life or eternal life, we learn to cooperate with God's wisdom. We start to see things the way God sees them. We start to see hope. We start to see a sense of belonging. We start to experience the power that he offers us. And it's more than just a, a coping strategy with life because the Holy Spirit comes into us and changes our perspective. And then we begin to see that, that life is eternal. And, and, and that eternal life is a perspective of the way God sees things. And then we become that instrument of God to enact change in our lives and others' lives and begin to uh, experience a heavenly life while we're still here on earth. How do we do this? In John 3, Jesus says, unless one is born again, they cannot enter the kingdom of God. Because eternal death waits for those who are, spirit, who are not spiritually reborn. And that scripture goes on to say that they are already condemned because they do not believe. And as uh, that we know in ourselves that we need to be born again. And that word is talking really about being born from above. And it literally means that the life from above, which is in God, comes and is born in our hearts. And we say born again because we think if we're if we're born once, we die twice. If we're born twice, we die once. I'll get into that another time. But Jesus said eternal life is offered here and now. And what is that eternal life in John 17? It says that you may know God and you may know Christ. And there will come a day when we give an account of all that we've done here on earth. And the question asked, did you know him? Did you know Jesus? Did you know God whom he sent? To know Christ is to know God. To know him is to love him and is to be loved by him. This is the essential that every believer should know that we have passed from death to life and then not to know the second death. We need to know the giver of life. Sin, our sin brought us that second death, but Christ made a way. Scripture says the sin that souls shall die, but Christ says, I've come to give you life. So our old life, our old life is passed away and we have a new life. And that new life is the eternal life. It's the life in the age of heaven on earth kind of life. That's what we're, we're, we're looking towards. And when we have that heavenly perspective, that eternal perspective, 
It means that the life that we live now is by faith in the Son of God, Paul says, who loved me and gave himself for me. He also says in Titus chapter 3, this is one of my favorite scriptures, Titus chapter 3, in the past, he says, we were also foolish. We did not obey. We were wrong. We were slaves to the many things our bodies wanted and enjoyed. We spent our lives doing evil and being jealous. People hated us. We hated each other. That doesn't sound a heavenly life, does it? But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, was shown, he saved us because of his mercy. Not because of good deeds that we did to, make, uh, to be right with him, but he saved us through the washing that made us new people. Through the Holy Spirit, God poured out richly on us that Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Being made right with God by his grace, we could have the hope of receiving the life that never ends. This teaching is true, and I want you to be sure that you understand these things. Then those who believe in God will be careful to use their lives for doing good. These things are good and will help everyone. To receive that life that never ends is to receive Christ himself. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And there's a call of Christ to live. And, there's, and, and that life is a life of purpose. And that call of Christ is to leave that old life behind when we had all that hatred and the lying and all of that, things that lead to destruction, God's called us into his new life. He's called us into that. And it comes, he says to his disciples, you deny yourself, you take up your cross and follow me. And certainly his disciples did that and followed his example. And I think now is our age and now is our time. Our time is to take up our cross. Our time is to begin to follow him. Those who follow him, then will have his life. And following Christ is, is not the desire to live for ourselves, but it's to live in a way that takes the challenges of this life, knowing we have eternity with him. When we see this world as temporary, a life that we are passing through changes our perspective because we keep our eyes on the eternal prize. We live in such a way that God, um, that God shows us and that he enables us to live. Then we begin to see eternal life here and now. We begin to see that heaven on earth. And then it's not about, uh, our, our life is all about escaping from the evils of this world and trying to get away from this world into another world. On the contrary, it's about taking the power of the Holy Spirit from the place that should be running the world and will run the world here on earth. This is Ephesians, where um, you just need to read the whole of Ephesians, but it says here that God raised us up with him, seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say how then from that position and that place of being in heavenly places with him, then we are to rule here on earth. This is why he says God will use the church to unveil the wisdom of God and to, and to undermine, to bring down, to destroy the principalities and powers that would want to control this world, 
No, the, 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 those in the new creation, those who believe, are raised up with Christ, seated in the heavenly places. This is the whole letter of Ephesians. It talks about um, how we are to operate with, in spiritual warfare, taking up the whole armor of God, um, being prepared to suffer, being, being that cheerful witness for his kingdom. And it leaves us with a mission that this world so much needs. So being heavenly minded is to be seated with him in heavenly places, up above and beyond, and say from this position of this heavenly life, because obviously we're still here on earth, but our perspective becomes a heavenly one, that we know that we are seated with Christ who has all the authority in heaven and earth. And our mission then becomes to embody and proclaim what the Spirit of God is saying to the rulers of this world, calling them into account, tearing down strongholds, he would say, things that would exalt themselves against the knowledge of God in 2 Corinthians 10, pulling down these things and calling them into account. That means as Christians, we can't stay silent at such a time as this, that we have to bear witness to the heavenly life and the way that things should be and calling the world into this present world into account, into coming into the, under the authority of Christ, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The God of this world, he thinks he's in charge, but actually we are the ones to bring heaven to earth, to bring heavenly rule here on earth. You go back to the Garden of Eden, what were they given? They were given the, the authority and the ruling of earth, and they lost it. They lost it, the scripture says. They gave it up. But Jesus came back to take. He says, I have the keys of death and hell. And what does he say to his church? I will build my church, and even the very gates of hell will not prevail against it. You see how the role of the church becomes so much bigger, doesn't it, when it comes to how life should be on earth. And it's even in the way Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come. What does that mean? Where his rulership, where his lordship, let that come. And that should be our prayer, shouldn't it? That the one who's in charge, the one who's large and in charge is God himself. And Christ, he says, I have that all authority. Then he says, let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And then the witness of the church becomes... Um, the witness of the church becomes this is the way to live under the rule of the ascended Lord. And how does that look in every day? That looks like living in faith. That looks at living with hope and love and putting into practice the generous self-giving love that Jesus taught us. What does it look like to live in the kingdom? Read the Beatitudes. Demonstrating to the world that there is a different way to be human a way of chastity and charity, a way of patience, a way of prudence, a way of joy, a way of justice, then the whole life of the church becomes um, outward focused into almost like heaven invading earth. Because how many know that it can feel like hell invades earth at times? But how do we do this with works of mercy, of generosity, of justice and compassion? living in a way that we are empowered by the resurrected Lord to live that life and to spread good news. 
That's got to be our call, isn't it? To bring good news. The good news is the king has come. That the old rulers are defeated. That even death itself has been defeated. That is good news. And we don't just sit on the sidelines passively waiting for our ticket out of here. No, the Spirit of God is in us to call the world to account through us, through our life, through our witnessing, even through our struggles with holiness, even through our struggles with unity, that we have an eternal purpose, an eternal life, that we who believe in Jesus then have the mission of spreading this heavenly life to all those that we meet. What does that mean? Then we leave behind hatred and malice and evil talk. We leave behind those things that are destructive in our lives and then we embrace the very life and nature of God, which is love. Isn't this the truth? So how do we get eternal life? What is, what is step one, two, three? What is the ABCs? I'm not, I'm not sure it's very that simple, but I'll try and make it simple. Second Corinthians 5 again, verse 21, he says this, For God made Christ who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You know, Christ is the only one that can stand before God that's not unclean, that's not in filthy rags. That's Jesus Christ. And our merits and our goodness is, even at its best, is inadequate. But Jesus came to live that perfect life. Him who knew no sin became sin for us. And I think there's a step, isn't there, that says, I am a sinner. I've missed the mark. I've not lived up to this heavenly life. I've eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the sense that I've chosen my own path and I've chosen my own way and I've not relied on the wisdom and, and spirit of God in my life. But Jesus lived that perfect life of obedience to provide us with his merit with his righteousness. And it's only by believing in Christ and the work of the cross can we accept that gift of salvation, that gift of being made right with God. And as we make this decision, our life begins to turn around. We leave that old life behind. We start to follow him. He removes our old nature from us and nails it to the cross and he clothes us with his love and his, as, as a garment he wraps around us his righteousness, and he gives us his Holy Spirit. I love in Isaiah 61, he says, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt my God, my Savior, for he has clothed me in the robes of righteousness. I know a song about that, I won't sing it. He has clothed me with garments of salvation, and he has wrapped me in the robe of righteousness. He goes on to say, just like the, the, the bride and the groom, uh, you know, they've done everything. They've dressed up. They're looking perfect on that day. And this is how God sees us, just clothes us with his garments, clothes us with his salvation. I truly believe eternal life is here and now. And whilst it's, it's true that one day we will have eternity with God, one day that's it, this life will be made visible to all creation, but until then, um, we are still living that eternal life. We don't have to wait. Everything starts with us and how God wants to pour out his Holy Spirit into us. And he wants us to have his way of seeing things, his perspective. And he gives us the eyes to see that we have a hope, that we have a sense of belonging. But most of all, we have the power, the nature, 
the very love of God poured into our hearts. And then we see our lives as one that coordinates with the life of Jesus, a life that cannot be defeated by death, by the one who lives in the heavenly places and has seated us there with him. And the Holy Spirit is living in us here and the right and now. In other words, when we begin to look and see his way of seeing things, we begin to experience that eternity, that eternal life while we're here on earth. And we have this eternity waiting for us. But if we reject Christ's way, if we reject God's wisdom, if we rely on our own perspectives, then we'll not spend eternity with him. Jesus says the gate is narrow that leads to life. And maybe saying a few words is easy, but not everyone, he says, will choose that to follow that way, to follow that life. But eternal life begins the very minute we ask Jesus into our lives. This life starts with, this eternal life starts with Jesus here and now and will continue into eternity or into the next age. But if we choose to live our life without Jesus here and now, we will continue to live without him in eternity. Let's just pray. Maybe just close your eyes for a moment. Lord, I believe in you. I believe that you died for my sin. I know I've eaten from that tree of knowledge and good and evil. I know that I have chosen my own way. Thinking my way of doing things is that the right way or the only way. But Lord Jesus, as I believe in you, you come into my life. Your Holy Spirit's poured out in me. And I make that decision to change from following my own life to following your life. I turn my back on the life I've lived without you. The life of lies, of hatred, of unforgiveness. I turn my back on the, the wisdom of man. And I choose the wisdom of God. Thank you for dying for my sin, taking the punishment that was due to me for my mistakes, for my errors, for my missing the mark, and come by your Holy Spirit and pour out your eternal life in my heart. Jesus, I choose you. I choose to follow you. Take up my cross. Bear that burden that you've given me to bear and live the life that you've called me to live. Thank you for saving me from death and giving me your new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.